0: Hi, I'm Jason Chung, head of the esports practice at Zuber Lawler, and I'm Philip Milestone, counsel at Zuber Lawler. Zuber Lawler is a law firm, and like any good lawyers, we have a big disclaimer for you. We are lawyers, but we're not your lawyers until you pay us. So everything here is for entertainment purposes only. Again, until you pay us. This podcast is brought to you by VirtualTimes.com. VirtualTimes.com, your news from the metaverse.
1: Hello, Metasapiens. This week, we're going to be finding out what Gen Alpha thinks about uh, the Metaverse and what it what it holds and how it compares to video games and everything like that, right? And we have a special guest today, Tico. Uh, Philip, you want to disclose to the Metasapiens out there how you know Tico?
0: Absolutely. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, we were looking for a Gen Alpha representative, and it turns out I live with one. This is my 12-year-old son, Tico Milestone, and he and I, uh, besides playing Fortnite together and a couple other things, often talk about life, the universe, and everything, so Jason and I thought it'd be a good idea to bring him on to get a perspective that Jason and I, hmm, do we lack it? Do we just not understand it? Let's find out. I think we're probably
1: aged out of the uh, out of those impressions, but hey, look, uh, it's good to have some diversity here, and uh, thank you, Tico, for, for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. All right,
1: so I think we're just going to jump into some of the questions. Then, in that case, you know, we've got a we've got a few. Uh, Tico, uh, what does you know? We've been talking here. Uh, I've been talking with your father about the metaverse and what it means, and all the financial stuff you can do, all the different technological stuff you can do. From your perspective, what does the metaverse actually mean to you?
2: Um, when I hear the word metaverse automatically what comes into my mind is usually VR because um, honestly, when you're in VR, like you're, it feels like you're in the game. And when I hear the word metaverse, it just feels like more like a little bit ready player one ish, you know? So yeah. that's pretty much what the metaverse means to me. Like um, I think of the metaverse as like, Let's say, like an alternate dimension kind of where you can do all these things for um all the people on earth and stuff. And like you can connect there with people all over the world, play games. Um but that's what i that's pretty much what I think of when I hear the word metaverse
0: and i I know the answer to this one, but could you give us some background on your experience with virtual reality? Like how many times have you done it? how often? what have you done uh, in any type of VR setup?
2: So, um, friend's houses usually because we don't have a VR set up here, but I have done like, um, virtual online worlds like Beat Saber. I like that one a lot. And, um, at another friend's house, there was like a whole like Batman Arkham like Batcave thing. And that's what kind of what I'm talking about, like games and like uh, alternate dimension, like you can never do like be like with a VR headset in the metaverse. You can never like really. It feels like you're inside of Batman's Batcave. That's kind of what like Metaverse means to me—like being inside of this alternate place that you can never be in, kind of in real life.
1: So that's interesting. So that's what you expect out of uh, out of the Metaverse, right? It's not just going into a world through your uh, web browser or through a game, uh, like a like on your console it's really something else it's it's supposed to be more immersive than that right it's supposed to be something that's not really that you're not capable of doing right now through through the tools you have
2: um yeah pretty much what i like kind of expect is like feeling that you're actually in this world like you are batman or whatever you know in the bat cave and doing stuff
0: so my um we've spoken before about those headsets uh, what was your experience, right? I definitely felt the wild pack with the first time I put it on, right? Like in the Bad Cave and doing the motions and moving around. Um, but then after I'd been doing it for a while, sort of my my impression was was one thing. What was yours, right? Did that you you've told us about your expectation for the metaverse and what it should be? Did that experience match your expectation?
2: Yes. And no, because for one thing, Um, on the yes side, like, it looks like I'm in the Batcave. You, like, you can see everything. It's cool when you move around and everything. But no, because it doesn't have, like, all the features, I'd say. Like, you couldn't really move around and do, like, specific stuff that Batman can do. Like, honestly, it was just, like, um kind of felt like um, sightseeing kind of because you couldn't like move around and do any like real like activities all you could pretty much do was just like look around and like it was like being in a museum kind of hmm.
1: yeah so the experience definitely doesn't sound like it matched your expectations and that leads me to to a separate question which is just like you know you I, I hear you're a big fortnite player and everything like that right Um, Theoretically, online worlds existed way before when you're a gamer, right? Like Fortnite, you and 99 of your closest friends are out there on a map. Um, How is the metaverse supposed to be different? Like, do you think it should be more immersive? Or do you think a game can also be a metaverse?
2: Like, you're saying, like, like Fortnite is its own metaverse.
1: I mean, is it from your perspective, right? Like, you know, Um, because you're playing with uh, 99 of your friends, like, you know, theoretically. Uh, you know you're playing together, right? In a shared world, some would argue that that that's what the metaverse actually means, right? A, a common space in in the virtual world.
2: In my opinion, actually, I don't I don't look at Fortnite as like its own metaverse. I usually think of Fortnite as a part of the metaverse. Like I think of the metaverse as everything, every single like gaming platform, every single game you can find on any platform mobile xbox wii nintendo playstation anything you can find all of that kind of mixed together kind of is what i think of the metaverse as like a big huge multiverse thing you know
1: yeah so it's it's a sort of like an idea that like you could have you could have multiple sort of worlds and that forms a collective sort of metaverse right and Philip, yeah. that's something that you and I discussed as well, like, you know, how how can you make that happen? Do we have common standards, all that kind of stuff? And I really like the idea of like Fortnite being part of a broader sort of metaverse, right? It's the one where you can actually do battle royale in, right? Uh, sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in games like Fortnite, we have like skins, emotes, that's how we interact and we express individuality. Like, you know have you done that those kinds of things and would you expect those kinds of things in the metaverse? would you want to personalize yourself like would you would you really view it as like a different life uh, a separate virtual life for yourself
2: definitely yeah I think all the skins and emotes to express to yourself are definitely a big part of what I would expect because like it's just like a way to like for people to like I don't know kind of like get a perspective of you as a player as like what the type of emotes you use or something or what type of like skin you wear I guess and I also think it would just also be like really fun to like not be a humanoid all the time like maybe be like I don't know a cyborg unicorn riding a giraffe once in a while you know (laughs) so um that's just like my take on it you know
1: so yeah you're you're basically saying that reality is boring right if i if i could be on this virtual platform and do whatever i want i want to be able to do in, in crazy things
2: I'm not saying reality is boring reality <laughs> is pretty fun but when i do go on to the virtual reality i would like to do crazy things
1: Right it's a, just a different experience right and that's yeah. what you want right like it's just exactly. you know so you know, that was some of the things that we were discussing, right? You know, uh, so, you know, Philip, we were discussing Mark Zuckerberg and, and their version of the metaverse or the meta's version of the metaverse and creating virtual boardrooms in the yeah. metaverse. Uh, would you, Kiko, would you go into a classroom in the metaverse that looks like your classroom, uh, you know, in real life? Like, would that be interesting to you?
2: Um, I think yes. That would be, like, really, really fun to, like, go into my classroom and like I said earlier, just now about the skins, because then you would also see a bunch of varieties like you would could see like, I don't know, like a stormtrooper in one desk and then you could find like a Demogorgon in the other or something. Like, I just think it might be fun having like a classroom like that, I guess. I don't know. Um, classroom. be like, fun. How
0: much? How much learning would get done in that classroom with all the staring <laughs> at each is a
2: problem, but I still think it would be pretty fun. Um, to have like a virtual reality classroom where you can just like. It would still be like, a classroom, but virtual. I think that could also like be used during like the pandemic. Kind of that could have been like an uh like something to cheer everybody up because like. Um, virtual classrooms with just like, um, stuff like, um, calls and stuff like this one or so during class didn't, I didn't find it like very effective or so because like a kid could just like, I don't know, like, um, turn off their camera and then not even be at the class.
1: Oh, I know. (laughs) I teach. So I, I definitely know that part, right. Like where people can just disengage. And I think that's really cool. Like the thing about it is what you're saying is it can look like a common world, but you need to be able to express yourself more individually. You got to do, be able to do different things. Right.
2: Yeah, Cause like you can't turn off your camera in like a VR world without like your character just like leaving. Mm -hmm. So I think it would also help with like circumstances like that. Like, If someone just, like, left, then the teacher's like, oh, calling the parents. So that's kind of You've modified
0: yourself before. I mean, the one game that comes to mind is we've played No Man's Sky. And there's the opportunity in there when you can pick sort of which race you want to be. Um, But that's different than sort of being a a stormtrooper in a Demogorgon, right? Um, We've spoken a little bit about stuff like intellectual property and licensing. And how it can be difficult to get rights to all these different things in any virtual world, right? How how important is it to you that you can be characters you want to be? Like, do you want to be be a fighter, or do you specifically want to be Naruto? Do you want to be, um, you know, fantastic creature, or do you specifically want to be the Demogorgon? Like, when you imagine a metaverse, do you want to have the opportunity to be Captain America specifically? And we have to talk to Marvel and get the rights. I mean the lawyers would but in your head what does it look like
2: um kind of both because i think custom characters would really really be like a good thing that everybody would love um like making your own character from scratch and stuff i know uh my sister especially loves custom characters in games like that like lego marvel and no man's sky and all of those games um But also, I think just, like, playing as, like, characters from, like, your favorite movies and video games and shows and books and stuff like that, I think it's just, like, it's different than playing as a custom character, because I don't know, it's, like, kind of like a nostalgic feeling, I guess, kind of, but it's just, like, I don't know. It's just like different than playing as a custom character and playing as a character that's like from your favorite like thing ever. Like, oh, my gosh, I love Legend of Zelda, but like. You have to like create your own custom fighter, like if someone like loves it so much, like they would want to like at least be able to play as Link, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. You know, one of the points that I usually make uh, when I talk to people about this is that reality like reality doesn't stop once the metaverse starts, right? Like people are still going to want to engage with their favorite things and their favorite characters. They're also going to want to bring in, you know, uh, events and celebrities into the metaverse. Like, or is there anything that would intrigue you? Like for instance, like when Travis Scott was in Fortnite or I think Ariana Grande was in Fortnite, like, was that interesting to you, Tico? Or is it just kind of like it's marketing, it's fine. Like how did you feel about something like that?
2: It's different because with different people that were celebrities and stuff, I felt different ways. Um, Because, like, I felt different ways about those specific characters. Like, sometimes it would be like, oh, my gosh, this famous person is in Fortnite. This is so cool. And, like, they have, like, a really cool, like, design that they created and everything. But sometimes, like, the celebrities that come in and stuff and um other things, it's sometimes a little bit of a letdown because, like, usually when we get the type of celebrities that people are like oh my gosh those are the ones that the fans asked for but when we get characters that like nobody like really asked for and it's like out of the blue then everybody's kind of like wait what so I guess it can go either way I'd say
1: so you don't uh you don't necessarily think that you know somebody from uh the Jersey Shore would be interesting to you if you know what that is, and I hope I mean, he doesn't sorry, actually. Sorry,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's
1: good
0: parenting win. I'm gonna
1: call that. <laughs> there you go. No, I mean, I think that's a great point. You know, quality matters, right? Like, that's something that we always have to explain. Just because you have cool technology, just because you can do things in the metaverse or in a video game, doesn't mean that like people are gonna necessarily gravitate towards it unless there's something interesting about it, right? And I think that's a point that sometimes gets lost. People are so focused on how. Cool or innovative things can be, or or bringing somebody on for with real life juice onto the metaverse or in a video game that they don't really consider. Hey, is this actually a good idea? Would it actually resonate with Gen Alpha? Would it re- resonate with our users? Right? Um, I don't know, Phil. I mean, what, what do you think about that? You know, I mean, we've we've definitely heard a lot of pitches
0: uh, between us. I'm sure. I hear it, right? I mean, sort of Tico and I have sort of different perspectives on who is famous and who is interesting. Um, I think, you know, sometimes it crosses over. Uh, like, I was excited, for example, we keep on going back to Fortnite when Indiana Jones came out. But to my knowledge, those aren't movies that you've seen. So... Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel was, like...
2: With Indiana Jones, I was a little bit like, oh, um... Cool? Because, like, <laughs> I... like. I feel like when it comes out with, like, characters like that, um, that are, like, famous to some people and famous to, uh, some others, like for it to like really be famous and like hit somebody like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like the person actually kind of has to like relate to where they're from. Like, I can't like, I know Indiana Jones is like a character from a from some movies and stuff, but like, I've never seen them. And like, I don't know, it didn't like feel like intriguing or as interesting as it did when like, let's say like Spider-Man came out. Hmm.
0: So a lot of the, that, I think, um, is because that Fortnite, of course, is owned by Epic, it's centralized. They are the ones that decide who is a skin, who's on, who's not. There's a bunch of work that goes on behind the scenes to make that happen. If you had the opportunity to suggest skins or levels um, or and or vote on that, like, is that a thing that you would do? Would you want to participate in that? to suggest, hey, I'd like this character and I want this to be some options for their skin, that uh, you would want to spend time in that in that environment?
2: I think, yes. Like, fan-based, like, um, debates, I'd say, or, like, v- uh, votes of, like, what skins should be coming next. And I guess, like, fans um, would, like, say different, like, characters or crossovers. Like, I personally would probably say for the if I could pick a collab right now I would say Demon Slayer honestly because there haven't there hasn't been any of those in um uh Fortnite yet and I don't know it just feels like it needs to be there now that like Naruto and Dragon Ball and My Hero Academia are in there I just feel like it needs to be in there and I would love to like have like a fan-based like um suggestion thing and like After uh, Fortnite gets a bunch of suggestions, they get the most suggested crossovers and stuff and do like a vote. Hmm. So um, all the players that want to participate can vote for the specific crossover or specific skin.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point, Tico. Like a lot of, uh, you know, metaverse projects and a lot of video game projects, it's a very top down process, right? I mean, that, you know, somebody came up with an idea for somebody to be in the game or some, it to be in the metaverse, and we're going to put it in the market and the market will decide whether it's a successful launch or not, right? But like feedback is always a tough thing, right? Um, there are some publishers that do a better job in video games and incorporating fan feedback than others, but you're right. I mean, the thing is a lot of time it seems like more of a commercial decision rather than you know what the fandom actually wants or would care about, right? And it's not necessarily the biggest deals, right? Uh, but you might you might be more excited for like Demon Slayer than you would have been for like Travis Scott, for instance, or Indiana Jones, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones, it goes to show uh uh getting older, Philip. <laughs> you know, that was a big deal, uh, you know, in my eyes. But you know, um, Speaking about the metaverse and like video games and and virtual worlds, uh, Tico, like, do you feel safe on there? Like, is it like, do you feel that your, your, your identity is safe and that you're safe? Like, how do you feel when you're on the platforms?
2: When I'm on some platforms, that's why I try to, I always, when it's on platforms that I don't know as well, um, I try to like, I usually honestly always try to stay away from like online stuff and like, um, stuff like that. Like, I have a game on my phone that has like a free chat thing, like at, that every single player can talk with. And I don't want to participate in that. So I just like kind of like ignore it because I don't want to like, put my account name out on there because I don't trust the people out on there. But that's what I like Fortnite about because you can decline or accept friend requests and stuff. So if a rando, like, tries to talk to you, you can just block them and decline it and you're only able to talk with your friends. And I think that's a good aspect of um, Fortnite because, like, it's it has good privacy and just Epic Games in general. Like, I have lots of Epic Games, um, games uh but i mean you play lots of those games with like random other people on the internet but there's no like personal connection there like i play fall guys and that's with a bunch of other random people on the internet Mm -hmm. but like it's just like a competitive game and i you never there's not like an open chat browser thing
1: right yeah I mean uh, th- I think that's a pretty key point, right like the thing like even I play online games and i I usually turn the chat feature off as well, right just because a lot of times it's just or awful things that people are saying, right but then also you know you don't ne- don't necessarily want to be doxed you don't want to be uh chased or 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 be made fun of or anything like that and it, unfortunately, it's a thing, right like so what I'm get hearing from you Tigo is that privacy is important, right like not ne- necessarily. Not everybody wants to share everything about themselves to live interconnected with people. You want to be able to choose the level that you interact with people, right? Yeah. All right. So, you know, let's talk about money. Uh, how do you spend money? <laughs> or how do you spend Philips money uh, in, uh, <laughs> in in Fortnite? Like, what uh, you know, do you buy V-Bucks? Do you buy skins? Like, what's, uh, what's your engagement with uh, buying stuff?
2: I have the Battle Pass. And you get free V-Bucks from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I usually, my dad usually only gets Pippa and I, um, my sister and I, um, V-Bucks on special occasions like Christmas or my birthday and stuff like that. But he, my dad also regularly play uh, pays for the three of us to have something called the Fortnite crew. Which is eleven bucks a month, and we um automatically get a thousand V-Bucks a month and um the battle pass too and a complimentary skin. But I wish honestly that games were more like you pay money for the game and then for rewards like V-Bucks you earn the V-Bucks automatically from doing challenges and quests and from the Battle Pass, of course. But the Battle Pass would cost V-Bucks, let's say, from those quests and challenges that you have to do. So I think there... I don't think... I necessarily don't really like in-game purchases. I think all the money should already be paid for the game at the start and then no more money um, through it unless it's like, a special DLC that has to be paid for separately. But if it's, like, in the game, like how there's, like, a special, like, V-Bucks shop option in Fortnite, I don't necessarily like that feature. I wish, like, it was more like um, you get that uh, specific amounts of V-Bucks from specific quests and challenges.
1: Well, actually, uh, what's interesting, Tico, is everything that's old is new again, right? That's That's how video gaming used to be right you used to buy the game and the first online games were you you did challenges and maybe you could get a few extra bit, uh, bits and bobs and stuff like that but now uh publishers uh and and people in the metaverse have figured out hey we want to monetize everything that you do right and so philip i got a question for you i wasn't i wasn't aware to just what extent you were involved in the fortnite uh fortnite uh you know multiverse there but uh how do you feel about it as as like you know is it a, is a valuable investment like is it is it easy to do is it complicated like how do you feel about spending money in these worlds like is it is it as easy as you would want it to be or is it just you know is it complicated
0: oh i wouldn't call it a valuable investment right like there's not there's not a monetary return on this um it is an opportunity for you know me to spend time with my children and doing a thing that we all enjoy and to me like that's that's worth it we do we do other things internet chill out but at the same time, like we do this together, and that's fun. Um, Is the process easy? I, Epic's process is pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. Uh, we in, interact with Face with uh, Fortnite only through our PlayStation. We used to do it through iOS, but of course, Apple and Epic are fighting. Mm-hmm. So the experience within Epic is within Fortnite is, I, I think, it's pretty seamless. It's pretty simple. Sony. For whatever reason, has a more difficult time. At least in my, in my personal experience, sort of getting through there, um, having to enter passwords with a control with a video game controller is the absolute worst interface I can imagine. But it happens a lot. Um, I don't mind the security. Like asking me for passwords is is fine. But there, you know, I would think there'd be an easier way to get that to happen. So, I think that Sony's UX is not great. I think that Fortnite's UX is pretty great. But I I do agree with Chico that I think it should be a lot less about spending US dollars and more about, you know, earning in the game, the play to earn type of thing. Because right now, there's a there's a form of that you earn the battle stars in the battle pass, and then you can sort of unlock skins and and, and wraps and, and whatnot, and emotes. Um, but it's a it's planned for you right? There's, there's zero to 94, a or hundred or whatever, mm-hmm. so many steps and you just, you just go through it in one direction, right? There's no, I, I feel like they, they can questify that aspect of the game and they haven't, um, uh, probably because maybe it just doesn't make any money and maybe they don't have the resources to make that many options for us. But I, I too wish it was less of a money event when you want to buy something. Um, that said, you know, V bucks are part of that progression. As we move through the battle pass, we earn more V bucks, and yes, every month there's a subscription service where we get more. And I mean, I'll I'll tip my hat to Fortnite and say, you know what, guys, like, thank you for helping me teach budgeting. Right? I mean, when they, when he was, when you were very young, my son, as you recall, you would get V bucks, you'd spend them, and all of a sudden another skin would pop up, and you didn't have any V bucks, and that was an opportunity for me to say, you gotta wait, <laughs> you gotta yeah. earn, and that's sort of where we are now. Uh, so that in, I guess, I'll take that as sort of a teaching moment that I think is useful. So again, within Fortnite with that that universe is pretty straightforward. Sony Lessa. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh it's, it, you know, luckily, you know, video game companies have figured out how to monetize things like a long time ago, right? You know, of course, I wish they had figured out how to input passwords better. You know, that's a that's a common thing, but that's a technological sort of like uh interface issue and a UX issue. But you know, Philip, we talk a lot about you know crypto wallets and, and and alternate forms of payment and 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 that kind of stuff um you know it's pretty hard to con- convince people or educate people on how to use this stuff right like could you imagine a world and Tico, this is a question for you too could you imagine a world where you have to have like a metamask wallet to load up crypto to buy things in a in a, in a metaverse or in a video game like is that something does does that even make sense to you is a question
2: Like an online wallet to pay for online things? Yep. Um, I can imagine a world like that. Well, cannot imagine a world like that, right? Where that doesn't happen?
1: Oh, I mean, uh yeah. can you imagine a world in which it does happen? You know, like, and would you feel comfortable doing that, right? Based on what you're comfortable with now?
2: Um, I can imagine a world like that because that's kind of like, what happens a bit already. Cause like, of course, like my dad pays money to these online things um, for these online uh, benefits and rewards. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine a world like that. Yeah.
1: Um, but would it take some education to like learn how to use those things? And you know, how willing are you to, to, to learn those kinds of things? Because right now I mean, uh, Philip Milestone puts in his credit card details. It comes in two seconds. Like, are you willing to learn, you know, how to use a different like wallet and, you know, do everything online?
2: I am and I am not. Cause like, I feel like it would be faster, I guess, to get like anything, honestly. Um, But it's, it might also be easier for like hackers and like scammers and stuff to get your personal information. If everything's online, which to me, if everything is online, like all your money is online, then there it goes down like the drain. Cause like, it's so much easier for people to like, cause in real life for you, if someone like steals your money, they have to like, rob you or something but in this it's easier to do it because like they can do it from behind a computer screen with a bunch of coding
1: that's a that's a fair point right i mean uh one of the benefits of like payment processors like visa or mastercard is the fact that if there's disputes or something like happens there is there is one layer of security that you can work with right at that company but you're right if it's on a wallet somewhere and it's digital and, and it's you know able to be accessed there have been hacking and things like that is that Philip, do you think that's a, that's a concern that people will have to deal with like uh before they move everything online to like on digital wallets and you know
0: a blockchain wallets massively um I mean I think uh Fred Wilson he's a famous venture capitalist got drained for I, I forget what it was maybe like almost a million dollars worth of, of digital assets that he held in the wallet um Mark Cuban Right. Mm-hmm. A person who's at the forefront of digital currency and, and cryptography and, and many things also recently had his one of his wallets hacked, right? And, and 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 drained. Um, and those are just those are two famous people. I am certain it happens a lot to non, non-famous people. Um, and yeah, I I do think that's that's an issue. I think there should be something like, like an FDIC for a digital wallet as well, when you're not dealing with dollars, Um, that's hard because we've not, again, we've talked about this too, Jason, where we don't use cryptocurrencies like currencies, we use them as digital assets. And I mean, what do you, so then you're talking about insurance, not necessarily federal deposit insurance. I, I do think that there's a market there, right? If we are going to go online, then there should be something along that. I think we should probably be able to insure our NFTs. We should have some sort of FDIC if you're, banking, but that gets hard because if you have your own wallet and your own currency on it, you're your own bank, right? That's that's the point of digital currencies to a certain degree. So yeah, I think that's a, not only is that a legitimate concern, I don't think it's a future concern. I think there's businesses now trying to tackle that. Uh, and it is, I mean, it is very real Um, that it's, it is both easier and harder to drain digital currency than real world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think it's a huge thing, and like you said, Philip, like it's it's something that I think Tico makes a great point. Like you have to you have to deal with that. Comfort is really important when you're spending money or you're putting money somewhere. So it's it's definitely a challenge that the metaverse and you know digital currency or digital assets in video gaming will have to deal with, right? Like it's just. You know there is there is a familiarity over decades of dealing with payment processes like Visa, and Mastercard, right? There is a backstop process. There's you know insurance, reinsurance. There's all kinds of stuff that actually protects that, right? But the thing is, when you're talking about digital assets, we're not there yet, right? Which means, you know, as, you know if Ticos has concerns about it, we should all have concerns about it, right? I mean, the thing is, like, you know, it, it just it makes sense to to have some concerns there, right? So. Tico, I want to, I want to conclude with a question, you know, 10 years later, you know, when you're, when you're 22, what, what does the metaverse look like? Like to you, where do you think we're going to be?
2: I don't exactly want to go too far ahead. Cause I know that we do move very slowly, but to me, honestly, I feel like honestly, my dad says this a lot of one of the reasons he doesn't like, um, VR is that it like the goggles are super hot and sweaty. And like, sometimes like they're just not super comfortable. Mm -hmm. I believe that like, I think it should be more comfortable in like, and not as heavy, you know, like not as big and clunky as they are now. Like, I know it's a big achievement right now, but like, I feel like it should just be, like, easier um, 10 years in the future. And also, like, more activities. So, like, being able to move around more than you can right now. Like I was saying earlier with the Bat Cave. like, after a while, it just got, like, the same thing over and over again, like a museum. I think, like, more, like, being able to drive around Gotham City chasing the Joker or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um like much more interactive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And like much more like cuz you I know this is a little bit futuristic, but like being able to like actually feel the things, like specific vibrations and stuff. Um to make it feel even more like you're in this world like this is like where you live or so you are about it
1: i think i think that's a great point you know like ultimately and i think this is instructive for us philip like tico and i think a lot of uh people in his age group i can ex- expect more immersion right mm-hmm. you know like you know ultimately metaverse equals VR to a certain extent. Right. You know, and, but the thing about it is VR is not other than Beat Saber, which is amazing, but you know, but the thing is, it's not a, it's not a super great experience yet because there's not that much you can do extra, right? Like you can have play a little bit game. They're all like more like mini games, but it's not a big, expansive thing. And you're right. I mean, I share the same, uh, same trepidation as you about like the VR headsets, because I have one, I never use the damn thing uh just simply because it's heavy, it's sweaty. It's pretty awful. And then I look at the Apple Vision Pro that's going to come out. And yeah, that might be cool, but I'm not spending 3500 bucks on a on a alpha technology, right, for, for immersion, because I don't know what apps they're going to have. You know, I don't know how they're going to do it. And I don't, you know, again, I'm not quite sure where we're going to be in 10 years. Philip, like, where do you think we're going to be?
0: I can see that. I think that Apple's product is in the right direction. And this is the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality. I do think that if there were glasses or contacts or goggles that I could wear where I'm in the real world, but I can see other things, right? If I'm uh, like, I an example that Jason and I were talking about a while ago was like, a and T- I also play Pokemon Go, which is a lot of fun. But instead of sort of holding up my phone to see a Charizard on the screen, it'd be really cool if I was wearing these glasses and there was a Charizard the size of a building right? Like literally climbing on it. And I had to catch that. Like, that's the type of uh, immersion that I would go for. I don't, I mean, aside from the holodeck, which I hope happens very soon, I don't really want to be full body immersed in some sort of virtual reality. I I like living here. And I would just like technology to make this different when I want it to be different, Right if I'm playing a game with my friends, I want to be able to sort of do that with real world physics. Like I don't want to wear a full body suit that changes physics. I would much rather, you know, have, you know, like an Iron Man pulse out of my palm that I can see and my other players can see. And it will look ridiculous in the middle of a park pointing our fists at each other. But I think it'd be cool where we're in the real world playing like that. So I, goggles where I can see nothing else, like I don't want that. I'd much rather augment what I can see than replace what I can see. And I hope I think that's definitely coming. You know, that goes to show technology, right? But
1: uh, you know, but the thing about it is, you know, I think that's that's interesting, right? But is that a generational difference, right? Like, for instance, like I can imagine augmented reality, but Tico, like it sounds like you want the whole full fat VR plugging into a different world experience, right? Like like Pokemon Go is interesting, but it's not what you're expecting out of a
2: metaverse. Um, so the augmenting reality sounds like a step in the right direction but when i think of like re- like really far in the future like ready player one where it's like a full body suit you can like feel what that what who you're playing as like if i was let's say i don't know um sasuke and i'm like fighting some bad guy or something like i can feel myself do fighting him like if like the bad guy like is coming at me and I like beat him up like I can feel myself like beating him up I guess I don't know like um I just feel like going it it, I want it when I think of it I feel like going into your like a whole different dimension like it's not augmenting reality giving you a whole new reality to live in
1: I think that's super interesting. And uh, I think it also goes to show like what expectations we have for technology, right? Like, so the thing is like, Philip, if we're, if we, you and I are looking at the world in terms of technology and what's feasible, you know, we're probably going to say, well, AR is probably it because, you know, that's what's likely to come out in the next 10 to 20 years, right? And you know, uh, but the thing is, if you're Tico, like you have a lot lot longer runway and you can imagine a world where VR is actually that good, right? You can imagine a haptic sort of engine that works so that you can strap on yourself that's not as intrusive, right? But honestly, I, I agree with you folks. Like I have a hard time imagining that myself, right? Like I just, it's not something that I can conceive, but it sounds like that's an expectation, Tico, that you have, right? Like you really want this and for you, it's not going to be a real metaverse until it happens. Yeah. All right so uh you know i think uh tico that's all the questions i have philip do you have any sort of concluding questions or anything like that for for uh your guest who's really
0: far away <laughs> no not at all i appreciate that he was willing to sit with us and talk to a couple old guys about the future well said philip like thank you very much
1: tico it's super uh, super interesting very very valuable insights into into what's going on and hopefully one day we will live in a world where we can actually uh just jump into uh into the metaverse, but uh it might be a few years yet.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you. Well, MetaSapiens, that's it for this week. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be back uh with a with an episode soon. So stay tuned. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.